You are not here by accident. You are here by design. And you are here to find courage in the face of fear, to replace isolation with connection, to push back that feeling of overwhelm, and to start feeling confident. And you know how you're going to do it? By listening to other people's stories. There's no better way to feed your soul and raise your vibration and shift your mindset than to hear the stories of those who have gone before you. I'm your host, Lori Lynn, also known as Her Royal Excitedness, and I invite you to rise and climb. Welcome to another episode of the Rise and Climb podcast with your host, Lori Lynn. My guest today is one of my favorite humans on the planet. Jeff Wickersham is also a podcast host. He's the author of the best-selling book that I happened to edit, um, Rise, Fight, Love, Repeat, Ignite Your Morning Fire. He is a morning habits expert. And I know this for sure because I read his book multiple times. <laughs> and there were all kinds of tips in there that I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, I never even would have thought of this. So welcome to the show, Jeff Wickersham. Lori, thank you. Thank you for having me. I love your energy. We're going to have so much fun. And uh, people are going to be like, how are these two people so wired on a Friday at three o'clock Eastern? But that's what's going to happen. Right. It's 2 p.m. here. Like, there you go. You know, I got the whole day. <laughs> Well, I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. We actually got to know each other on Jeff's podcast when he interviewed me. And we got um, we were part of a group called the Podcast Profit Lab, where we learned how to become expert podcasters. And um, Jeff's expertise is all around starting your day on fire so you can not burn out by the end of the day, but burn through those hours being as productive as possible and as happy and content and um, having this life-giving force inside you come out and affect everything around you. So Jeff, I wanted to invite you first to talk about like what it looks like for you. What does your typical Friday morning look like? Okay, and, and I would say it actually starts at night first, right, is, is how you prepare. And I always tell people it's how you bookend your days, right? How do you bookend your day at night, that last 30 minutes to set you up for success in the morning, right? How do you prepare? Glass of water out, your workout clothes, everything's set for you. So when that alarm goes off in the morning, you know exactly what to do, what to execute on, and you can get these small wins and when they kind of build up and you continue down that, that path, you get tremendous energy, focus, you get in a grateful state. And it's so counterintuitive, but you get more time in your day, right? Because you are so so full of energy, you're focused. But to your, your question, in the morning, it's waking up, full glass of water when I, when I first wake up, right? We're, we are so dehydrated overnight. That's the longest time we go without having any water. And our bodies are made up of water so much that, that we require it, right? So it's that kickstart. It's some affirmations, some, some things that I speak out into the universe that I want to really align with. It's working out a bit, right? And, and not work out where you're burning a tremendous amount of calories. It's working out for energy, right? Getting that blood flowing, getting that body kind of woken up. It's a green smoothie. It's some meditation. It's some notes to my kids. And then, and then it's uh, being grateful and, and writing in a gratitude journal and, and hopefully learning a little bit and, 
it's about 30 minutes in length. But if you hit those things and clients that have gone through my, my programs, it's amazing the forward momentum you can have in your day. And, and it's truly, uh, truly transformational to watch people go through it and take control of the day instead of the day controlling them. And so many times people wake up and, and the day controls them from the moment their alarm clock goes off, they're checking their phone, they're getting negativity coming into the, their universe and, and they're exhausted, stressed, and they've got nothing left at the end of the day. And, and I want to change that in people and have them take control back of their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, very often when I go for my phone in the morning, I'll have your voice in my head. <laughs> you and KK, man. <laughs> Once you see like a year from now, you're going to be like, wow, Lori's life, like she just completely transformed her life. And you can be on the phone with her going, yeah, it's all because she edited our books. <laughs> you're not the first person that said that to me. Like I go for my phone and it's like Jeff's voice on my shoulder. Don't pick up that phone. Do, uh -huh. do what you need not to yet. do. But, not yeah. yet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That can wait. The phone can wait. It really and it, can. And, yep. and, and so many people struggle with that. Yeah. Right. And because they're so used to it. Right. It's a habit. It's a ritual. I say it's like the yeah. Death Star tractor beam, like pulling you in. And, and yeah. but it's so vital to take care of yourself first and then you show up better for all your loved ones, your neighborhood, your community, uh, show up better at work, all of those pieces. And, and it's the greatest gift you can not only give yourself, but that you can give all those around you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how often do we get to the middle of the day and go, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot to eat or, oh, my gosh, I haven't had my coffee or, oh, my gosh, I didn't drink my tea. Like for you, like um, drinking that, what is it, 16 ounces of water that you down like yeah, about straight that. up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I found it interesting that you have all of that set up the night before. So the clothes you're going to wear, the water you're going to drink, like everything is like ready so that you don't get to your closet and go, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to like? You don't waste a single moment. There's not like a minute that goes by in that first 30 minutes that you're not sure what's going to happen. Like you've laid it out, mapped it out. And now it's habitual so that, you know, exactly, you know, the next thing and the next thing. And my favorite thing is the letters to your kids. Like, will you like talk about when that started and how often you've done that? I just yeah, love that. Absolutely. But back to your point, as far as preparing, the mind will take the easy way out every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So people are like, you want me to have my glass of water out, poured and ready? That's the most <laughs> ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, yes, because what happens if you come downstairs, there's no glasses in the cabinet. We forgot to push in the dishwasher, so all the dishes are clean. You're, that's the, the first moment your mind can say, you know what? Now I go back to bed. This isn't worth it today. Or no. having your clothes out and your phone away from your bed, so you physically have to get out of bed. You don't hit the snooze button. You know what you're putting on, and you can start your day. It's, it's preparing for success, and I, I, think, uh, I think it's just so critical for people to kind of get in that mindset to, hey, what do I need to set yeah. at night? So first thing in the morning, I'm, I'm ready to roll, right? We all have the same 24 hours in a day. It's, it's just how you choose to use them. But uh, the, the notes to my son, so I know you know, but uh, I lost my mother to breast cancer. It'll be six years here in December. And uh, it was one of those moments that, that uh, cut me to my core, really, uh, you know, chopped me down at the knees, watching the woman that, that brought you into this world take her last breath is, is just a... 
ground shaking moment. And uh, looking back now, I know that that was the spark that kind of lit my fire, right? To, to chase my, my dreams and, and impact and serve others. But my mom was so great that she would leave post-it notes like in our lunches or on our mirrors. If there was a big sporting event I had or a big game, and I swear to God, I think she had every color of the post-it note in the book. And uh, I, I don't know where I kind of picked it up, but I, I write post-it notes to my sons every single morning, put them in an envelope and leave them outside of their doors. So it's such an amazing gift to give them every morning because they wake up and know that their dad was thinking of them. And it could be, hey, I'm just grateful that that you're my son, right? Or it could be something about getting 1% better each day, almost ingraining them in the things that I wish I knew growing up, but they're going to have such a competitive advantage because they meditate with me or they're getting this, this knowledge. And uh, my youngest son actually puts all the post-it notes on his door. So he's got like hundreds of post-it notes on his door. The oldest, I thought he was throwing, <laughs> throwing them away, but he actually keeps them in a, in a uh, shoebox. So um, just a way to connect with, with your kids. And, and it's a pretty, pretty special thing that I love doing every morning. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I can remember going to school and finding a note from my mom, you know, like a little sticker, you know, it was so sweet. And then I went off to college and I remember, <laughs> She actually sent me fan mail. She okay. got a huge poster board and folded it into the shape of a fan like you do with paper, but it was mm -hmm. huge. And she had all of these different people write like little notes on it and sent it to me in a big box. And I got it in college and it's like, here's your fan mail. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. When you, you, you know, you, I, I found a note that my mom wrote me when I was like 13 and, and those things, they, they matter. Right. And, and it's those daily little, uh, kind of love deposits you can put in the, in the bank. And, and it just, it, it matters. And it, it fills me up from that perspective. And, and it's a key piece to what I do every morning. Yeah. Yeah. But the image of all the post-it notes on the door, I'm like, Oh, that's like a love wall. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I think it's so important to have that visible, right? Because I see it and it, it inspires me. Mm -hmm. I, I love, you know, seeing that, that he cares enough to put them up. And, uh, you know, those, those reminders on anything we do, it's just very important to, uh, again, set yourself up for success and have that type of environment where you, uh, where you have love and, and you want to create. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was on a hike this morning with a girlfriend. We try to go every Friday morning. And one of the things that I had mentioned to her was, um, you know, with books, books are so impactful and you don't hear a lot of people who are, um, you know, in jail or in prison necessarily talking about like the books that they read as kids. Right. <laughs> it's like um, the common denominator among a lot of people who are facing jail time is that they were exposed to a lot of the you know, negative stuff um, on the internet and and in homes and uh, neighborhoods and stuff. And the other common denominator is that they were missing a father figure in their lives. And so just being present, just showing up every day for your kids and just reminding them like, hey, I'm here. I see you. I love you. 
and here's a note from me to you. And it's a tangible, it's tangible evidence of your love for them. And that, that creates this support network that's invisible, but that will follow them for the rest of their lives, which is profound. It's so beautiful. Yeah, um, I, I love doing it. And I would say, Lori, to, to your point, especially as fathers, it's not like we don't have that maternal instinct. So sometimes to connect, it might be a little bit difficult. So that that note is a, a great way to take some time, think about what you want to write to them and, and you know, leave it as a, as a little little uh, little thing that they can see in the morning and, and be reminded how much you, you love them. Yeah, 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 I love that. Um, so I know that you've done some pretty crazy things. <laughs> here it comes, here it comes. All right, all right. <laughs> so one of the things that I think is, uh, for me, like bordering on like miraculous is the number of days that you have been consistent in your meditation. So will you remind me now how, how long you have done that and what sparked that? Today was 1,016 straight days. So I'm almost almost to three years. Uh, Incredible. So what sparked it? Just that that need to be consistent to start mm-hmm. my day. And, and I always thought meditation was very woo-wooish, right? A bald monk on the side of a mountain, sitting there for hours, cross-legged, hands up in the air. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people had that mental image and then they struggle with, I can't, I can't do that, right? Their mind mm-hmm. kicks in and I can't do that. And I will tell you, I struggle when it's just myself trying to meditate. And I always use guided meditation for somebody that I'm listening to that can bring me back to my breath. And typically it's anywhere from 10 to, to 15 minutes in my, my morning routine. I have used it mm-hmm. later in the day if, let's say, something triggers me on um, a little bit angry or something's got, you know, the blood boiling, I can go and meditate and it really calms me down as well. So uh, yeah, meditation has been a, uh, a game changer. And I just, I always tell my, my clients, I coach or people I, I work with, listen, life is going to happen, mm-hmm. but have like two or three things that you're going to do every single day, regardless of where you are. Right. And, and a couple for me are drinking that glass of water, mm-hmm. exercising, and meditating. I don't care if I'm in the outback in Australia, I can still exercise and meditate and drink a glass of water more than likely. So uh, that just keeps me consistent on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, now you've also been known to take ice baths. Is this ice, ice baths and cold showers, yes. So <laughs> I, uh, I think I'm up to almost 700 straight days of a cold shower or ice bath. So it's funny you bring this up because my wife just said the hot water isn't working that well in our house. And I just have no idea because I don't take a hot shower. So um, <laughs> I said, really, what's the problem? I'm, I'm good. Now you guys are all joining me. Maybe I'm, I'm doing that on purpose. But uh, so I got into cold showers and, and ice baths uh, just for the mental and physical challenge. Wim Hof is kind of the pioneer from, from the ice bath perspective, uh, power breathing. He's over in, in, uh, in Poland, over in Europe. I had a, uh, an ex Navy SEAL FBI certified Wim Hof instructor come in to, uh, to my gym a couple times and, and take us through. And, and I'm just a, a firm believer in kind of getting out of your 
normal environment and putting some natural stressors on the body, right? We always have stressors on our system that come from, you know, what we're doing work-related, what we're doing, you know, uh, from a personal perspective, but not really in our environment, right? We're always in that 65 to 75 degree range in our houses. Right. Well, we need, we need to put some some outside environmental stress on our body so we can react differently to the regular stress that, that we face every day. And getting into the cold is definitely one of those things. And uh, it's the mental challenge of your mind saying, you know what, I don't want to get in this cold shower. And, and especially I live, you know, up in the Northeast, uh, up outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And in the wintertime, it is darn cold water. Um, and I've been known to, uh, to take a sledgehammer out back and, and uh, have a tub that is frozen over. I did it one one time last winter when it was snowing. My youngest son videotaped it. I was actually on Facebook Live where I was sledgehammering the ice and then I got in it and I sat there and kind of meditated and breathed, focused on my breath, but I talked to the camera and I sat in there for a couple of minutes. So it's just, a, it's another way to challenge yourself physically and mentally. And when you get out of there, oh my gosh, some of my, sometimes my kids think there's a dog in the house because I'll do a Viking roar. Oh, oh. And they're like, this guy is nuts. But hey, it. crazy changes the world. And, and uh, I enjoy pushing the limits. Oh, I love that. My favorite quote is, um, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Because yeah. I was like, oh, you get me. <laughs> I'm so enthusiastic. And so I feel like I, I have just a fraction of what you have. I think you're selling yourself short. You've got tremendous enthusiasm. When we've connected every time, it's it's just powerful energy and and it, you know. But but to that point, I love that quote as well. Like, if you can do stuff with energy, passion, enthusiasm, you're going to be so much more successful. People are going to be drawn to you because they want to be around that, right? But who wants to be around? You know, just somebody monotone tall. It doesn't. It doesn't excite, right? So um, I agree with you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I lost my question. I had another question for you, and it was around. Oh, um, it was around the like having that belting out that sound, and then what you had shared with me just before we hopped on this interview. Um, could you <laughs> take us through? Um, I know I know most people are going to be listening to the podcast, right? But people who are on Facebook Live right now will be able to see it. And eventually, I'll have all of these interviews up on YouTube as well. So they they will be visual as well as audio. audio. Um, but would you take us through an exercise that you do um, like for groups that will help us with our mindset and with our energy and our focus and um, that's something that we could do just midday if we start to dip, if we're feeling uh, like you said, like your blood starts boiling, you know, and you go into this place of meditation. Um, I tend to do a lot better if I'm upset. Um, I want to do something physical to kind of counterbalance that. So like when I was. Um, when I was pregnant and I was giving birth, you want that counter pressure, right? So you've got all this crazy pressure and you want counter pressure. So I feel like um, sort of a metaphor for what we're about to do, the exercise we're about to do, is kind of counter pressure to whatever stressors are coming against you that you didn't intentionally inflict on yourself by going in your backyard and breaking up the ice and taking your own ice bath. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll take you through it. And, and I've done this in front of 50 insurance professionals. I did it 
yesterday and I, I, in front of 23 residents and doctors. So I've done it through a, a various number of groups. And, and it's all about changing your state, right? When you feel yourself go in this different direction. And, and this is more for energy. I'll, I'll tackle the other one related to kind of calming down and negative thoughts. But uh, we're going to take three power breaths. And I, I define a power breath. You're going to breathe in through the belly, up through the chest, and you're almost going to feel it coming up the back of your neck. So let's go ahead and do three breaths in. We're going to breathe in. And out. Good. Another breath in. And out. Last breath in. And out. All right. So we've calmed down. Now we're going to kick up the energy. I'm going to go three, two, one, and it's going to be a power boom. I'm going to pound my chest and we're going to scream at the top of our lungs. My kids are on their Zoom calls. My wife's teaching. They know I'm crazy. It's okay. So we're going to go three. Two. Move away from the microphone. Hold on. <laughs> Three, <laughs> two, one. Boom. Okay, yours is like a boom. I'm on my wide. Okay, you like a power boom. Yes, yeah, a power boom, and, and you just feel, you know I get goosebumps almost every time I do it, and you're just yeah. you're getting you're, no, you're, you're channeling your energy, you're changing your state, you're calming the system down by some breaths, and and breathing is such an undervalued habit to go through. And, and when you just do some deep breaths, you can totally calm down. Uh, and then that, that just power, we don't scream enough really as adults. We, we kind of lose that fight. We lose that, uh, that enthusiasm and there's nothing wrong with, with doing a power boom. So that's a great tool to kind of relax and then kick, kickstart that energy. To your point, Laura, you talked about how if something triggers you or if you have stressors, one thing to be aware of is this thing called the negativity principle where anything that's negative and it can be an email, text, phone call, the news, you see it as a threat. Your mind sees it as a threat because the mind has not evolved like we have as a species. And it's thinks it's thinking you're still in a cave and it could be a saber tooth tiger ready to kill you. And it amplifies that eight to nine times more than a positive emotion. So that's why anything negative, those stress, that email you got, it sticks with you. Maybe it's a comment somebody made about you and you can't get rid of it. That's why the news is so negative. They know exactly how it plays on you. And that's why the only positive thing on a Friday evening on the nightly news is a five minute segment at the end, right? Um, so one thing I, I coach clients on is, is if you have something negative, set your phone for three minutes and the alarm's gonna go off in three minutes. For three minutes, you can dwell on what somebody said, the email, you can curse, you can scream, but once that alarm goes off, that's your trigger, that I'm letting it go and I'm moving forward. And it's just a nice way to, to get past those negative experiences, negative thoughts, and not dwell on them throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I love that, I love it. I love giving yourself a, a specific amount of time to feel it. Like you're not just brushing it under the rug. You're giving yourself time to actually feel it and process it, but you're giving yourself a limited amount of time. So last week, I think it was this time last week, um, I interacted with someone and it brought up um, grief. And, you know, grief doesn't wait for an invitation. 
but it does demand an audience. And so I thought, all right, there's a reason grief is here and I need to process, but I also have some things that I've got to do, right? So I thought, all right, I didn't set an exact timer, um, but I did know that there would be an end. So I love the idea of a timer. Um, I don't know if it would work as well for grief because <laughs> grief is a different kind of emotion, right. um, but recognizing that it doesn't wait for an invitation, it demands an audience. And if you process it and you go through it, that you do come out on the other side. Um, and I know that, you know, you talk a lot about um, your processing your own grief um, in your book, which by the way, I have a little ticker that I can put across the bottom. I'm so excited. I love this like technology. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, um, Jeff wrote a book called Rise, Fight, Love, Repeat, Ignite Your Morning Fire. And it's so much more than just your morning routine. I mean, this is like life stuff. It, my favorite thing about editing books like this is they literally transform my life. Like I'm becoming a better person, um, a more effective person, a more productive person, um, just by reading these books, combing through them, you know, version after version after version. And as, um, as these words become part of the fabric of who I am, um, I'm actually able to turn around and help transform other people's lives. So if you're looking for transformation, absolutely get this book. And Jeff, where can people find your book? They can find it out on Amazon. It's in ebook uh, format or paperback, so they can, can grab either. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. And do we have an audiobook coming soon? It's hint, it's hint. in the, it's in the works because as I released the ebook and people said, oh, I love paperback. You know, you have different audiences that like different uh, different flavors. And uh, again, thank you for your editing. My I am not good with grammar, and the fact that I hit number one bestseller, my wife is just kind of like, I can't believe it because your English is not good. And I said, that's why I got an amazing editor. Right, you don't have to be good or great at everything. That's where you get people that that know what they're doing. So thank you again, Lori. Oh, absolutely. Well, your message really resonates with me. So when you did reach out to me about possibly editing your book, um, I thought, you know, what better way to <laughs> to become a better person in terms of my own habits than to take some time with your book? And um, I was actually just listening to an interview with Jack Canfield, who co-created Chicken Soup for the Soul. Mm -hmm. And he took every single chapter. He takes everything that he writes and he reads it out loud. And I tell people like, that's my secret sauce. That's what I've done for the last decade or more when it, well, more than a decade, but in terms of um, editing books is when you read something out loud, you hear it the way that someone else is going to read it. And if you get tripped up, they're going to get tripped up. And if they get tripped up, they might lose attention and focus and set it down. And our goal is to create books that people pick up and can't put down. And I've heard that about your book and I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, truly it, it's so ironic too, because my mother was a reading specialist and an English teacher. And I hated to read growing up. So I know she's looking down and like, you Aww. son of a gun. I can't <laughs> believe you're an author. Who would have thought? So Right. And a best-selling author at that. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we're getting close to the like 30 minute mark in our show. Are you, is there anything that you feel burning inside you that you would want to share with my audience specifically? So just overall related to habits and rituals. And if you can have an awareness of this, it's going to open up your eyes to so many more possibilities. And, and the fact is that 
95, up to 95% of what we do is driven through our habits and rituals, meaning it's on autopilot, right? It, it, once the mind can automate it, it moves it back to our subconscious. And then it's just running behind the scenes, almost like a computer program running behind the scenes. And we're not aware of that. And that's why we feel stuck. That's why we feel like we're on this never ending hamster wheel, treadmill of life. A day becomes a week, a week becomes a month. Next thing you know, it's two years and you're still in the same place. So you've got you've to work to hardwire your habits, take a better look at what you're doing. Obviously, I'm focused on the bookend at night and in the morning. I think that's the perfect place to start. Mm -hmm. But having an awareness of that, then you can start to create that, that change, right? Maybe you have that itch on the back of your neck and you're like, hey, I, I, I know I can do more, but I just don't know how to, it, it's due to your habits and rituals. And so many people don't uh, effectively know how to change those or aren't even aware of how much is driven. And that's just a staggering number, right? Up to 95%. So I would just, uh, you know, if you're listening, just really take that and think about it and then try and unwind and figure out you know, some different habits and rituals that might, might set you up for success. Mm -hmm. I love that. Love it. Yeah, I, I have actually been very mindful recently about the programming that I'm, I'm programming myself and what my kids are listening to and watching and reading and how it's programming them. So the other day, my son and I were in the car and he was listening to this song and he listens to almost exclusively rap songs. Okay. And he's like, so what did you think of it? And I thought, okay, he asked me for my opinion, right? And I actually enjoy rap. So don't get, you know, it's, it's not the genre of music that I don't like. It's the programming that mm -hmm. I have an issue with. So I said, well, if I consider that most of your behavior will come from what is programmed inside you. Um, I'm looking at the lyrics of that song and wondering what is it programming you to believe and eventually, you know, act out or, mm -hmm. you know, how is it affecting your behavior? And um, without missing a beat, he changed the song. He went to another one. I said, you know, some of the ones that he is listening to are, have explicit lyrics and I'll say, I need you to turn that off because it grieves my soul. That's my favorite, my favorite phrase of him. It's like, oh, can't do it. Can't do it. It grieves my soul. <laughs> and I tried to do it in a fun way, you know, but right, he asked right. for my, my opinion. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about the programming. So he's, he changes it and he changes it to one that is so sweet. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of like this one. And he's like, yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. So, and I love that um, not only have you programmed yourself to think a certain way and then act a certain way, but you've also developed these habits over time. There was one more thing that I wanted you to touch on real quick, and that is um, sleep cycles. So you introduced me to the idea of, well, I knew that there were sleep cycles, but I didn't know how many we needed to be effective. And that was a new concept for me. So that'll be my, like what I want you to share with my audience that I would love. That's a good takeaway for me. Um, and I think it's important for other people as well. So um, could you just talk to us a little bit about sleep cycles and how they work and why they're important and what you do personally, specifically to make sure that you get like um, powerful sleep? Yeah. So 
the sleep cycles are typically 90 minutes in length. So I always try and program my sleep that I'm hitting a full sleep cycle. Mm -hmm. So I typically get six hours of sleep. I get four sleep cycles. And when you hit the snooze button, which God, I, I just want to smash the snooze button. You're snoozing on your life if you're hitting the snooze button. But Ooh, say that again. Say that again. You are snoozing on your life if you hit the snooze button. Come on now. That's I'm going to put that in a bag. Any, any dreams, <laughs> any, so dreams any dreams, any goals, anything you want. You hit that snooze button, you're basically saying that 10 minutes of sleep is more important than what I want to achieve. That's plain and simple. But so back to the Ooh. sleep cycle. 90 minute sleep cycles. Try and program your sleep so you're hitting a full sleep cycle. You'll be so much more well rested if you do that mm -hmm. rather than hey, seven hours and you're right in the middle or 30 minutes still to go in one of those sleep cycles. So I always, always try and do that as well as at night, eliminate 30 minutes before going to bed, no electronics, really kind of you know, wind down and, and be ready for sleep. So many people don't, again, preparation, don't prepare for a good night's sleep. They're, they're not set up for, for sleep. They're looking at their phone they have blue light getting into their eyes, into their minds. It stops the natural production of melatonin. Uh, and, and you don't get quality sleep. And, and it's funny. It's a running joke in, in my family that I can fall asleep within about seven seconds when my head hits the pillow. And wow. uh, it is because I'm, I'm prepared for sleep. I'm programmed to get those six hours. And, and even when I get up at 3.40 in the morning or 4 in the morning, I'm ready to go because I've, I've programmed what's going to happen. If you're getting up at four o'clock in the morning, what time are you going to bed for that six hours? Let me back it up. Typically, yeah, it's between nine thirty and ten. So typically oh. ten o'clock. Okay. So that seems reasonable. Uh -huh. Oh, okay, cool. See, everybody here is three forty or four and they're like, no way. Right. You know, I can't yeah. do that. But ten o'clock's all right, right? And uh yeah. I yeah, just, I've grown into six hours is is what I need. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've programmed my mind and and that allows me to maximize that 18 hours and, and mm -hmm. hit the ground running when uh, when my alarm clock goes off. Yeah, I yeah. love the hit the ground running part. That's the part I wanna end on because when I've noticed after reading your book that when I wake up in the morning, so my morning routine before I read your book was I would smile intentionally, right? Yeah. <laughs> First thing I do before I even, uh, before my feet hit the floor, I smile on purpose and I find something that I'm grateful for. And I, I focus on that. And that's when, you know, I can actually leave the, you know, leave the bedroom, go to the bathroom, go to the kitchen, get my, I love green tea. Like I love green tea. So I have my, my cup actually I have, I make a quart at a time. I don't put anything in it. It's just my tea leaves and it, it makes me happy. Um, and I do my pull-ups. I got my pull-ups yeah. in and I take uh, a few supplements. Like that's it. Like I've got my three things and then my three things. Um, but ever since I read your book, instead of lying in bed and and uh, potentially falling back to sleep, um, I have your voice in my head. <laughs> it's like, hit the ground running. Like when I wake up, sometimes I'll literally like take the covers and be like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the days that I crush the day. And the days that I'm like, oh, I just want to be in my bed and I just want to snuggle and I might fall back to sleep. Like I drag through those days. So when you said snoozing, hitting the snooze button 
what did you say? You, if you snooze in the morning, you snooze the, your life away or you snooze the rest of the how, However you said that, that was profound. <laughs> I was like, that is it. That is so true. Like if you yeah, let I yourself it, snooze in the morning, you end up snoozing on the rest of your day. I think it was if you hit snooze button, you're snoozing on your life. Yes. Yes. If you hit the snooze button, you're snoozing on your life. All right. That's it. Like mic drop. Boom. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, that is sage wisdom from a morning habits expert, Jeff Wickersham, best-selling author of the book, Rise, Fight, Rise, Fight, Love, Repeat, Ignite Your Morning Fire. Go get it, read it, live it. Jeff, you're an amazing guest. Thank you so much for being on my show. I appreciate you more than you would ever know. And I can't wait to uh, get that next book going after you do your audiobook. <laughs> hint, hint. And there is, there, there is another book in the, uh, in the work. So uh, yes, yes. Yes. Yep. I know. I know there is. <laughs> well, I appreciate, I appreciate you having me and I, I always love our conversations. I mean, it just energizes me and I hope everybody watching or listening feels that, that same energy because that's what life's all about, right? Is living every day to the fullest and, uh, and being grateful for each, each day that, that we have because they are gifts. Yeah. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. And we will see everybody who's here with us today on the Rise and Climb podcast. And eventually, like I said, we'll be on YouTube too. So stay tuned. Thanks, guys. Mwah. Hey, thanks for listening. If you thought of someone while you're listening to this episode, would you send it to them? Just let them know you were thinking about them or that they came to mind and make that connection. If you would take a minute to rate and review my show, that would mean the world to me. And let me know about topics that you want us to cover in future episodes. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe. What are you waiting for? Oh, hit the subscribe button right now. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Mwah.